What's up, Team Egos, and welcome to Optimized, the show helping you optimize your mind, body, and spirit through tea. My name is Vince Lapalusa, and I am your host and guide on this tea journey. Specifically, how we are going to optimize our minds, bodies, and spirits with tea is by digging into four topics and how tea can influence them. Those four are education, mindfulness practices, movement, and community. So tune in to learn how you can optimize your life today. Today, we are diving into the world of Earl Grey Black Tea. Now, this tea, you can pretty much guarantee, is one of the one of the few teas that people either love or they hate. Uh, I've heard it compared to the perfume of your grandmother, or people just say it has an essence that's so beautiful that they don't even know how to describe it. So... Today we're going to dig into the history of Earl Grey black tea. We're going to d- dig into the health benefits and then I'm going to give you some tips and tricks to make your Earl Grey experience the absolute best that it possibly can be. So first, before we dig into the history, what is Earl Grey black tea? Well, Earl Grey black tea is a black tea and it is one that is scented with the oil of bergamot. So bergamot is a fruit or a citrus that is native to Italy. And when you extract the oil, you can use that oil to scent and flavor things. So it's very common in perfumes, um, but Earl Grey uses it and scents the tea leaves with it. So you're not actually going to have the physical fruit in Earl Grey, just the Earl Grey essence on the tea leaves. So now that we know that, Let's dig into a little bit of the history. So the history has a little gray space, pun intended. There are two stories that lead the way or lead the charge in regards to where Earl Grey came from and what birthed this beautiful and lovely tea. So first, let's talk about the beautiful story of a man named Charles Grey. Now, Charles Grey was the second Earl Grey and former Prime Minister of Britain. And this was in the early 1800s. And Charles Grey, he was a man who traveled very often and was on regular travel, traveling experiences. And one of his travels was to China. Now, it was most likely just for business, maybe pleasure. Those details we don't really know. But Charles and his convoy were out in the Chinese... uh, In the Charles and his convoy was out in China traveling when they came upon some weird noises as they were traveling down a desolate road. They heard it sounded like splashing and... But not like splashing and having fun, more like splashing and panicking. So... Naturally, they were curious and they were concerned a little bit. So him and his convoy went and followed the noises only to find a local man's boy drowning. And they didn't see anyone else around. So Charles, being the heroic man that he is, dived on in. He dived in, brought the boy to shore, and saved his life. The The boy's father, who was a local farmer, found 
this and he was he came and he was so very grateful that Charles and his convoy was able to save his son. So naturally he wanted to gift him and repay him for his his service. And since tea in this time was such a highly prized possession, the man brought Charles this tea that he crafted specifically for him as a gift. And what was that tea? Well, it was a local black tea, a local Chinese black tea scented with bergamot oil. Charles loved it so much, he named it after himself, Earl Grey, and it became the tea that we know and love today. Now, there are a few holes in this story, one of which being, why would Charles Grey at this time in the early 1800s travel to China when there was actually conflict between China and Britain during this time? The other, probably more probable and effect of why this wouldn't be the case is that bergamot, as mentioned earlier, is Italian. And in the early 1800s, late 1700s, that wasn't very exported or well sought after or used around the world. So the chances that this Chinese farmer had bergamot oil and knew to or experimented with it in their tea was very slim. That being said, it's a beautiful story. And the second story, which is not nearly as fun, was that these British tea blenders, some that were, you can say, entrepreneurial in spirit, they had this extra extra tea that was simply not that delicious. And it was the lower quality tea leaves, and they just didn't know what to do. It wasn't selling as well. So naturally, as the entrepreneurs that they were, they took this black tea that wasn't selling as well. They added this essence of a beautiful citrus known as bergamot. And what did they create? This new tea called Earl Grey. And they gifted it to the world and probably made a lot of money on it. This, to me, seems a little bit more realistic. But... I'll leave it up to you to decide what the true history of Earl Grey really is. Regardless, it is one of the more popular teas that we consume today. And like I said, it is something that you pretty much either love or you hate. There is no in-between. Frankly, I love Earl Grey. And I love it not only for its amazing flavor, but also some of the very unique health benefits that come along with this beautiful tea. So because Earl Grey is a true tea, meaning it comes from the Camellia sinensis plant, it's going to have very similar properties to that of a green tea or any other black tea or an oolong, a pu'er, a white tea. And some of those compounds that are extremely popular or well-known in the tea world are L-theanine and EGCG, which I talk about all the time on this podcast, but L-theanine is that unique amino acid that makes the caffeine effects super calm and meditative. And EGCG is one of the more dynamic catechins that allow tea to have its very powerful antioxidant properties. 
And so this is just something that you can find in pretty much any tea that you drink that is of the Camellia sinensis plant. So that's the green tea, black tea, oolongs, pu'ers, white teas, yellow teas. None of the herbal teas. Now in regards to caffeine content, what you can basically predict is that the caffeine per serving is going to be around 60 to 80 milligrams per serving. And the reason there's a lot of variation or there's hesitancy in my voice is because there is there are external factors that have to do deal with caffeine such as the brewing times and temperatures, as well as how much tea that you actually use. So if you use more tea, it's going to have more caffeine. If you brew it hotter, it's going to have more caffeine. If you let it steep longer, it's going to have more caffeine. So that all being said, let's dig into this very unique and specialized health benefit that I had the honor of learning from a guest on this podcast. So in episode 36, you can hear a conversation with Dr. William Lee, who has written the book Eat to Beat Disease, where he digs into all these different foods and their compounds that are found within these foods to help cure our body and cure our mind, body, and spirit and just allow us to live longer, healthier lives. And he digs into tea a lot in this book. Now, he mentions in this podcast that his family is heavy tea drinkers. He actually just celebrated at the time of the recording of this of that podcast, he celebrated his grandmother's, I believe it was 100th birthday, and she has tea or she quotes tea as being the reason that she's lived so long and so healthily. Um one of the very unique things that Dr. William Lee and his colleagues study is some is a process in our body that's a natural process known as angiogenesis. Now, simply put, and I highly recommend you just listen to how Dr. Lee explains this because he's going to be much better at it than I am. But simply put, angiogenesis is a process of our body sending fuel, aka blood cells, oxygen, as well as other normal bodily processes to areas that need restoration. So, for example, when you cut yourself, the body will start will have this angiogenic process send a bunch of blood as well as uh, oxygen as well as just these restorative cells to that to help repair that wound. So that's when you get the clotting, that's when you get those why cuts start to heal almost instantaneously you can watch it It, within 24 hours it scabs over and and becomes healthy again well this is again a normal process the negative side of it is that it if we have cancer cells which dr lee goes into the fact that we are always creating cancer cells because cancer cells are just mutations that always are happening and we are constantly making new cells in our body So if we have these cancer cells that get fed through angiogenesis, they proliferate and they proliferate very, very fast. So we want to incorporate foods 
and beverages that are anti-angiogenic in that sense, so that they do not proliferate our cancer cells in our body that's constantly being produced. One of those beverages that are anti-angiogenic is tea. But what him and his colleagues were very curious about are, well, what's the difference between some of the more common teas drank around the world? So the three teas that they looked at and they studied were Sencha green tea, a jasmine green tea, and a Earl Grey black tea. Now, when you hear about these teas, the Sencha is a Japanese green tea, the jasmine is a Chinese green tea, and then the Earl Grey is more common now, a British black tea. And most of the time, the Sencha green tea, the Japanese green teas get promoted as the healthiest. You're going to get the most health benefits out of it. Um, and it, again, it's, it's unique. It's interesting. So their hypothesis going into it was, okay, the, the Sencha will probably have the most anti-angiogenic properties, comparatively speaking to the Jasmine and Earl Grey. Well, they were wrong. And what they found was that the Sencha performed well and they actually compared this to some pharmaceuticals that are also anti-angiogenic that they use in chemo processes for people who are struggling struggling and suffering with cancer. And so what they found was that Sencha performed well comparatively to these pharmaceuticals, but Jasmine beat it, like blew it out of the water. So like, cool, Jasmine surprisingly was better. But even more surprising, because you look at green tea versus black tea, everyone's like, oh, green tea is healthier. Well, surprisingly, Earl Grey absolutely demolished Sencha and Jasmine green tea in this anti-angiogenic processes and was almost comparable to the pharmaceuticals. There's a very cool chart that you can find in Dr. William Lee's TED Talk um, that I will link in this episode in the show notes that you can just see these these comparisons and the, and the actual numbers that he throws onto it. And again, I highly encourage you to listen to episode 36 where he t- discusses this and does a much better job than I'm doing. So what we find is that this Earl Grey was just super powerful and super healthy for this specific process. And I think that that is fascinating because it's very unknown and very not thought of. And the reason they, they actually, I'd asked him like, why is this the case? Like what's going on? And he thinks because they incorporated the oil of this, of this fruit, this bergamot, it has this synergistic effect with the plant, the tea plant, the Camellia sinensis. And it does something to help and grow and aid the healing processes within our bodies. So I find that extremely fascinating and promising for anybody who drinks Earl Grey. So what are some of the best tips and tricks to enjoy Earl Grey to the fullest? Well, first off, going back to the caffeine and the steeping times and temperatures, I highly recommend for the best steep times and temperatures to be at around 200 degrees Fahrenheit for no more than five minutes. You don't want to go past that. If you go past that, it can start to be a little more astringent, a little more bitter. And unless you like that, you're probably going to have less positive of an, of an experience. So keep it around that 200 degrees Fahrenheit for five minutes. You can even re-steep it if you're using a loose leaf tea, which I always recommend. Now, this Earl Grey is a very fragrant tea. It has a lovely, lovely smell. So for a mindfulness practice... 
Something I always like to do with all teas, especially if it's a brand new tea, I always like to sit there with the first cup and just smell it. After it's been brewed warm, you can put it very close to your nose. Now, don't dip your nose in it. I've had people tell me that they've dipped their nose in it and it burns because it's hot tea. Don't do that. Just put your put the cup close to your nose and inhale gently and just smell it. Take a few deep breaths in. Let it smell. Now, you're going to feel that bergamot. You're going to smell it. Think about look Look up bergamot and... Understand that before having the Earl Grey tea, it'll allow you just to understand this plant and this tea a little bit better, and it makes the experience that much more enjoyable. So do this as a mindfulness practice. And for if you're looking to work with it in a movement sort of way, it does have caffeine, as mentioned. So it's more energizing. So maybe do it in the morning after you've woken up, giving yourself some time, giving yourself that hour of waking up and drinking water, do it before a workout session. Do it before you're about to get ready for work, um, before yoga, just something before all of all of this, before, before movement sessions, not typically after. And then finally, it does, it's a beautiful tea to blend with other herbs and other teas. So my personal favorite way to blend it it is delicious by itself but if you're looking to just experiment i guess first and foremost i I recommend experiment see what see what you like you're going to be the best judge for your flavor palette but blend it maybe or experiment with flavors like vanilla lavender rose orange or cinnamon these flavors complement, especially the floral flavors. Bergamot has a very floral essence, but it also has a citrus essence, which is why I mentioned orange, um, and then rose and lavender, but they all complement each other very well. And experiment. See what, what works well for you, what doesn't work well. If you're looking for specific health benefits, if like you want to calm yourself because of the caffeine, well, maybe lavender is a good, a good choice. If you want to maybe make your heart uh, have a heart opener or experience a little more gratitude rose might be the way to go a little bit more energy boosting or or restorative for the vitamin c orange might be great so just depending on what you what you like what the flavors you like as well as maybe some health benefits experiment blend with it so that's all i have a little bit of history a little bit of health benefits and some tips and tricks to have to give you the best Earl Grey experience you possibly can have. So I thank you so much for tuning in today, and I look forward to seeing you very soon in the next episode. Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're still listening, there's probably a good chance that you got some value out of today's episode. I am on a mission of helping 1 million people optimize their minds, bodies, and spirits with tea, and I need your help. If you can leave a five-star rating and review, this will help spread the word and show more people this show. I thank you for your help and support, and I look forward to seeing you soon.